It is Palm Sunday. If church is new to you, or you're my 14-year-old son, and uh, you don't know what it is, um, pastor's kids. Uh, anyways, now he was a little fuzzy on it. I said, what's it about? He goes, well, and I said, exactly. And so I, uh, Palm Sunday is when Jesus and company moved into the town, uh, the city of Jerusalem, the week of uh, the Passover week, in that case, they were the whole nation of Israel, the whole Jewish community was celebrating together. And that is when Jesus basically pinnacles his earthly career as preaching and teaching. And it would be the week that he would die for our sins and then raise to life to give us access to all that heaven has now and forever. So it is the time where he comes in. And let me read to you from Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. Get us all caught up here. As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethpage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you are doing, just say the Lord needs them and he will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, Tell the people of Jerusalem, Look, your king is coming to you. He is humble riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him, and they threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Palm branches, that's where the palms come in. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise, the God, praise God in highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this, they asked. And the crowds replied, It's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Wow, what a scene. We're talking about one of the highest populated areas of that time period and in the case of passover week you could have probably made the case that it was the most populated like it this was everybody was there so take the the middle of the busiest city you've been in if you've been in a new york city or a mexico city a miami or or one of the you know tokyos of the world if you're gary you've been to all of them uh if if uh if you're if you're if you've been in one of those places picture that combustion of people and 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 just the the energies that the the tension that's just there i can i can remember being in cities like that and it's they're still alive at like four o'clock in the morning there's just this constant there's an energy inside of it and and so this thing is buzzing and he's coming in through the main gates he's got people laying down their cloaks he's riding on a donkey we'll get to that and it's happening now what we need to understand here is that Jesus, he didn't usually ask for a donkey to ride. This would have been, your normal transportation was your size 12s or whatever you got, okay? This was it. And so you, you had to keep your sandals maintained, air pressure checked, uh, you had to keep those things going. And so Jesus asked for a donkey. Well, even more unusual, this was a short trip. This is like going from Reynoldsburg to downtown Columbus. This was nothing for them. This was, this was short. So why did Jesus ask for a donkey? 
Well, it said to fulfill the prophecy. Listen to this from Zechariah 9.9. So prophesied hundreds and hundreds of years before. It says, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Israel. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. He is righteous, he is victorious, yet he is humble. So they knew that there was going to be a king coming, but not with like a fleet of stallions, but on old Bessie the donkey. Like, this is, this is not the appropriate vehicle, you know? Uh, this doesn't match the title. And so there's this combination here that Jesus is making a declaration by doing this visual, by grabbing this donkey, He is confirming to the entire nation of Israel and to the world watching that He is claiming to be the prophesied King. Is that cool? So he does that, all of that on purpose. Jesus is providing a picture for all to see, speaking louder than any words could say. So he didn't come in and saying, yep, I'm the king. He came in riding on a donkey, and everybody knew what that meant. And if somebody said, why is he on a donkey? Ten people around them would have said, uh, this was something we've been waiting for. And so people went crazy. And with their actions of laying down their cloaks and their palm branches, the people were acknowledging who he was. This is the pinnacle of, of his time where he spent in ministry on earth. So miracles were following wherever, where they were following him. Get that out of my mouth. Following him wherever he went. Uh, the, the teaching was blowing people's minds. Everywhere he went were leaving people uh, healed, um, changed. We talked about uh, Zacchaeus last week, and, and we've talked about the woman at the well with Andrew the, the week before that. And so these stories are traveling like wildfire. And so here is everybody in one place. All the stories are in one place. And here he comes on a donkey. And they acknowledge him by saying, we welcome you as the Messiah. The Messiah, the Savior, prophets that, that the prophets had promised for centuries. Fast forward to Good Friday. We call it Good Friday now. And he's on the cross, and he's got a few people standing at the foot of the cross. And the only thing saying that he's the king is a sign hanging above his head that was done to mock him. Big difference, right? Big difference from one part to the next. Where did everybody go? The title of today's message is called Witch Jesus. And the concept is this. There's a reason why we have Sunday morning services. Part of it is to just refresh us, and it should be like an oasis in the middle of your week. You should get refired up. You should get tapped into your community of believers here. We should extend those things through the week, but it should be something that keeps our faith alive, and, and it should. It's healthy. Um, as believers, and I've, and I've seen it in my own life and in other people, is that we have these passionate moments, and then we lose track of where Jesus is in our life 
on Monday morning. Like it can happen just like that. And, and so we, we, we run into this, well, what's Jesus did we say yes to? What's Jesus are we including in our lives today? I had a couple of my nieces. I have a lot of nieces. And I uh, had a, a few of them at my house uh, a couple Fridays ago for my dad's birthday. And uh, they're my brother's kids, and they're just beautiful. Their names are Selah and Hannah. Well, they're here every now and then visiting with my mom. And, and, um, and so I knew they were coming over. Uh, Danielle was out of town seeing our precious little fat monster. And uh, that's what I call him in all love. And uh, anyways... And uh, so our kids are older now, like our youngest is 14, and uh, you know, so the, the toy thing like is, is done in our house, you know, if it's, if it's not on a screen, we're, they're beyond it, you know. And, um, and so I got these two little girls coming over, and I'm like, Ugh, I know there's toys that we've kept put away, but I don't want to get them out. Danielle's coming home in a few days, I, I'm going to have to clean at some point. Um, and uh, so I'm like, I know it. I'm going to put a movie on that they like from Hulu. So I put on Sing. Guaranteed like two hours of attention, right? Great movie. And so they come in, they sit down, and the girls are looking at me. I said, I, I said I, you know, we don't have much to play with. And uh, I said, I, I put a movie on for you to like, you know. Sailor looks up at me. She goes, you've got Barbies in the basement. <laughs> Hannah looks over. Yeah, you got Barbies. As if to say, cough them up, mister. We know you have Barbies in the basement. Give us the Barbies and nobody gets hurt. And so I'm like, dang. The kids remember, you know, what's at every place. And it's like, yeah, there are Barbies in the storage room in the basement, up on the shelf in the store. Okay. And uh, so... I smile because I'm happy Uncle Adam and I want them to just think I'm the best. And so we go get the Barbies out of the basement. Of course, Danielle goes downstairs and goes, what are the Barbies doing out? Because I didn't put them back in the storage room in the basement. Anyways, you guys get this. Here's the thing with Barbies. Now, at this time, the pile I gave them were all naked. Uh, but then there was another box that had, like, you know, stuff in it. And we got, you know, we got different cars and whatever else. Do you know how many different Barbies there are? I don't, by the way. I'm normal. Uh, and I've never, uh, I guess, maybe played with them a few times, you know, when I was forced with my sister. But listen to some of these Barbies. Babysitter Barbie. Malibu Barbie. Cat Burglar Barbie. Yeah, what are we trying to teach our kids? Cheerleader Barbie, News Anchor Barbie, Princess Barbie, Scuba Diver Barbie, Astronaut Barbie, United States President Barbie, No Limits, Surgeon Barbie, Ocean Treasure Explorer Barbie, and let's not forget, these are real by the way, Paratrooper Barbie and Street Rapper Barbie. <laughs> All real Barbies. Why would I tell a story about Barbies? Desperate for illustrations. No. Which Jesus do we want? We like, the eye of we like the idea of Jesus, but which one do we really like? We like baby Jesus. We love crucifix Jesus. We love resurrection Jesus. We love answers my prayer Jesus. We love fix my problems Jesus. We especially like my friend when no one else is Jesus. Well, which Jesus... 
And so we go through life, and here, here's, here's the problem with this. It, it creates a disconnect. Because we tend to see Jesus as these different, like these individual roles, and we only interface with Him when we need these certain things. I need a friend today. Dear Jesus, thank you. I'm so glad that you... And these are real. I thank you that you never leave me or forsake me. I thank you that, you know, that you're here with me. God, I, I'm... I'm really tired of this hurting me. I, I really pray that for your healing touch right now. And, and so, you know, I go to healer Jesus. I go to friend Jesus. I go with my, I, I'm just, I just need to, to talk about my problems for a while, Jesus. And, and I'm upset that it's cold and rainy today. So you're my weatherman today, Jesus. And I'm disappointed with your, not your forecast, but your actual work. I'm, I'm disappointed, you know. Uh, and then I have to apologize because, you know, it's all good. It's all weather that we need. Which Jesus? And if we live this way, then we miss out on all of the life that he has provided because he is this whole thing, and yet we just pick and choose these different roles that we want to engage with, and then he's back in the bucket, in the storage room, in the basement, when we don't need him. Right? Listen to these things. Jesus actually defines who he is throughout the book of John. I did a, we did a whole series on this once. We're just going to rapid fire through these this morning. He gives these seven I am statements in the book of John. So if you want to hang out with me, we're going to start in the book of uh, John uh, chapter 6. And we're just going to read a, seven verses as we go through the book of John. Which Jesus? Which Jesus? Well, the first thing he says in uh, the first I am statements in John 6, 35. Let me find it. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty we talked about that with the woman of the well. He talked about being the, the living water. And, and then we hear this again, the bread of life. Well, he is identifying himself with the very basic forms of physical sustenance, right? Like you cannot function very long on, without bread, and you surely can't function without water. Like he's saying, these are things that we know that we need and that are a part of every one of our days. And he's saying, you need me to be a part of every one of your days. This is why we do communion. It's why we say that this is the Lord's Supper. And to do this in remembrance, sure, it's an acknowledgement and a remembrance of the price that was paid on the cross about his body being broken and the blood that was shed. But there's also a remembrance, a reminder that he is our sustenance that we cannot function without Him. He, it, the, we said He's divine. We're going to get to that one. But we're connected to Him. So our life comes through Him. And so just as if that water faucet, uh, if you opened it up and nothing came out, and if you opened that refrigerator and there was nothing in there, well, you just run to Walmart or McDonald's, right? But uh, no, if, if there's nothing there, then you are on, you're just not going to make it much longer. And, and, and so we treat Jesus like he's something that we can just 
grab when we need, and we forget that we need Him all of the time. Let's move forward to John 8, 12. Is this okay this morning? All right. John 8.12 says this. He says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Wow. How many people do we know that are lost? And they're just tripping in the darkness. And they're trying thing to thing and and they got this little glow stick or they got their light on their phone and they're just trying to navigate, you know, through this great big world and 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 they're they're running into things and and they're tripping over stuff and 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 they feel surrounded by darkness and and we've got depression at an all-time high, we've got suicide at an all-time high, we've got murder at an all-time high, we got everybody's upset. You know, there's no rest, there's no peace, and people don't really know what to do with themselves. And, and Jesus is saying here, He's saying, I want to illuminate you from the inside out. I want to reveal the dark things that are in your life, not to condemn you for them, but so that you can be set free from them. I, I, he wants us to, to see where we're going. And He said if we can see where we're going, then it's going to lead to life. And if we can't see where we're going, then we're just going to keep bumping into death, right? And so he, he has this. He's saying, I am this. This is a constant thing that I am, and, and you really should have this constantly in your life. I am the light of the world. Wow. And then you go further that he says he puts his light He calls us light and salt, right? So he wants us to keep it. And he says, you don't just put a a, a light under under a basket and and keep it down on the floor. No, you uncover it and you put it high on the stand to illuminate as much as possible. So our lives are on display not to draw attention to us, but so that we would draw attention to the light, right? So there's a a purpose. So we've we've got these beacons of, of hope that, that we're carrying that people need to see. Let's go to number three. John 10, verse 9. He says, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and grow, go freely and will find good pastures the gate that's interesting my jesus the gate okay bread of life that sounds that sounds good light of the world that sounds good i'm the gate well gates only good for what's on the other side right i've got a couple gates They keep my little fat cockapoo from running away. And I guess that's good. I leave it open every once in a while, just hoping. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But a gate is a door. You know, i got to go through a door to get into my house. I I love my house. 
I love hanging out in, in that space. And, and, and you have to get through there to get into it. And so Jesus is, is identifying himself as, as something that you have to go through to get somewhere else. Well, what do you have? What do you, what's on the other side of Jesus? We're going to go into another I am statement in a minute, but he is the door to a relationship with Father God. I'll be more clear, a good relationship with Father God. He, he knows all of us, and He sees us all, but Jesus is our door to forgiveness so that we can, and, and um, I, uh, what's the word I want to say? Adoption. It, it, the, the Bible says that, that Jesus is the first of many children, that we would be adopted in as sons and daughters, that we would say, Abba, Father, that we would say, Daddy, God. Well, how... How many people are really comfortable calling God Daddy? It's, uh, I don't know about that one. That's what he's opening the gate for. He wants you to be that comfortable as, as the person that hopefully you have a relationship with your father. You can just say, Dad, I'm here. We're, I'm, I'm here with you. Let's go do this, or I need this. Uh, we have this relationship that's open. Jesus is that gate to that relationship. The other thing he's saying there is he's saying, this is it. And so I've taught another message in the past on, on, uh, on this, and, and that is that we have the light. We don't have a light in this world. And, and when we carry that out, it's not, how did Jesus come in on the donkey? That was to be humble, right? So, so we have to carry the light in the same way in humility to other people. And so as, as we are surrounded by other religions in a world that's full of dark people and many other things are promising to be the light or a light and helping people in the darkness, it is okay for us to understand that Jesus is the light, the gate. And understanding that means that we've got a whole lot more people to be worried about. Because we can't just check people off the box and say, oh, they found their way. They're good. Okay? So this is not an arrogance thing that says, oh, I'm, I got the light. You are a dum-dum. You know? Uh, no, it's, it's, we should have extra duty. We should have extra concern for how to engage with people of other faiths. Because they... they are not only lost, they are convinced that they found a way out. Do you see that? And so it's, it's really difficult to, to work there. And guess what? Arrogance about your way isn't going to move them at all. If anything, it'll push them further in their direction. So you've got to do, you've got to, you've got to really listen to the Holy Spirit to find bridges to connect to people that have especially latched on to another way of believing. Is that okay? All right, you guys got to, you guys got to do this. We got to pay attention to these things. Okay, let's keep going. So Jesus says, I'm the gate, I'm the door. Let's go a couple in the same passage. 10 uh, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. I'm going to keep reading this. It's so good. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him. And he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life 
for the sheep. I have other sheep too. They will also listen to my voice. There will be one flock with one shepherd. Wow, this is Easter week. This is the good shepherd. We are celebrating the fact that he laid his life down for us. So here's another side of Jesus. Not only am I getting you access, but I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to see you through. Whatever it costs me is fine. Because I'm not some hired hand doing this for the money. You're mine. What would a mom or dad do for their kids? It's endless, the brutality that I will inflict on my schedule and my wallet for these three jokers. And now a son-in-law, and then the grandson can get whatever he wants. Yes, I love him more. It's, it's deal with it. But what won't we do for our kids? And Jesus is saying, you're mine. Let's quit Quit dancing around this. What do you need? I want to have time with you. I want you to be by me. I want to be with you. I want to walk with you through that. I don't want to be this selective thing that you just come to every now and then. Let's keep going. John 11. It's getting good. John 11, 25-26. And Easter week. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. And if, right there he says, do you believe this, Martha? He was in conversation with Lazarus' sisters. He's saying, I am this. Do you believe this? Which Jesus are you trusting with your life? Which Jesus are you listening to today? Which Jesus are you looking forward or towards to today? I am the resurrection and the life. Eternal life. Wow. And so we have this understanding as believers that although I'm going to treasure every minute on this side, and I think we should make the most of it. I believe that if, as long as we're given breath, we have purpose for Father God, and we should enjoy everything that's here, and we should stay on mission for Him. I believe that we should get the very last drop out of what we get here. I really do. I think it just should be uh, as, as good as you can make it. There's going to be bad times. You might as well enjoy the good and enjoy it all. Have lots of relationships. Love big, love big, and just go crazy while we're here. Sadly, for a good percentage of our culture who has bought into the concept of evolution is that that's all there is. Wow. Talk about depressing. Well, that's because if you acknowledge a creator, then you better figure out how to have a relationship with Him. As believers, this says that I have life after death and that that life is with my Creator 
is with my Father, is with my Jesus. Every imperfection removed. Perfectly whole, spiritually, with Him forever. I can handle that. I don't know what it's going to be like. We get little pictures throughout the Bible, and then everybody makes up a whole lot of other stuff that sounds good. I don't know. But that's a promise. That's something that I live in. And the, the Christian life, that eternal life, starts the moment of salvation. We celebrate the fact that we are eternal creatures in His hand for all of time at that moment. And so that life begins to change us and we begin to grow in Him and we have that resurrection life. I don't want to preach next Sunday's message. Come back. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. John 14, 6. Let's go there. Similar to the comments from the gate being the door. John 14, 6. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. No one except through me. There's that weight there. And, and we need to appreciate that. If we're going to be His kids, if we're going to care about the vision given to the whole church, uh, the, the commission given about making disciples in all the earth, we've translated that to welcoming people home to God, His family, and His plans. That's, that's our little way of expressing it here. But it's about people coming into relationship with Father God and then having that life, that complete life that He's called us to by becoming a part of His family and then by following Him and seeing what He wants you to do. He has something for you to do. He did not let anybody get down the assembly line without a purpose being built in. you got to know that. So many people just are, I don't know what I'm... I'm, I don't know what I am. I, I'm, I don't have any value. I heard somebody say that recently. I, I don't, I don't, I, I'm okay, you know, the, the, an older person who's dealing with a sickness. They said, I, I'm, I'm ready to go to heaven. I, I don't have any value. One of the reasons they were ready was that they said they didn't have any value here. I said, that's, that's not a good reason. I said it as nicely as possible. I said, if God is giving you breath, you have purpose. He has something, he has a way in you that is unique to you to communicate God's love to the people that are uniquely yours. Every one of us has unique fingerprints. We also have a unique set of, of how we communicate, some better than others. Uh, we also have a unique set of friendships. We also have a unique way of uh, interacting with people. You will have times of being able to communicate God's love to other people that you might be the clearest and loudest voice. I'll even say you will be the clearest and loudest voice. We are designed to be that integral to God's plan. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That word truth and that word way, we can, I think the church, we just, I, we celebrate the life, and I think that's so good. 
because we're, we're locked in with Jesus and so those other things are maybe something we take for granted at this point. People are lost. And truth is now subjective to the individual. How ridiculous is that? That you could ever put my truth as two words that would go together is insanity. Because truth would be something that applies to everybody that is always true all the time. Otherwise, guess what? Not truth. I will call that opinion. Okay? And so we have the truth. And people need it. We have the way. And people are looking for it. I look at my crazy life and I get, I get freaked out and stressed out and crazy. But I also look back on, on, on the time that I've been with the Lord and I know that I'm on track with Him. And it feels so good to just be like, God, I'm with you and I, I know that I'm going somewhere. I'm not sure of everything. But I don't have that uncertainty. That uncertainty is terrible. That's hell on earth, right? So that's part of why that in, in, eternal life starts right away at salvation is because that, uh, that certainty comes in right away. You know who you are. You know who you belong to. We sang that this morning. You know where you're going. That is huge. Knowing who you are, whose you are, and where you're going, He's offering that to us. The seventh one, John 15.5. Wrap this up. He says, yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, I and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. There's a reason why we say, welcome home to God. We want you to be attached. But until you see yourself connected to the rest of the deal, you're, you're, pretty, easy to, you're pretty easy to get, to get damaged. You're pretty easy to, to stay confused. You're pretty easy to still feel, still feel uncertain. But it's through that network of believers. And so we, we tap on here as this little cluster called Family Church. And then we, we, we make sure that we're doing things like this National Day of Prayer walk with other churches because, man, it's going to feel good walking 500 strong through the streets of Pickerington saying, yeah, if the word gets out, this thing could go crazy. mayor said he'll shut down the streets. He said, if you bring the people, we'll shut it down. Let's do it. Come on. That's, this is something worth getting excited about. So there's times where it's so important, it really all the time, you've got to remember the capital C church. This isn't it. This is our, just our very special little piece of it, and I love it. But, but we would be nothing if there wasn't a larger church that we're connected to. Not just sister churches and the Ohio Ministry Network, but the church. It is so cool to sit across the table and to sit next to Pastor Keith, sit across from Conan, to, to have Pastor Phil from the Nazarene Church over there, who, by the way, has helped four churches get started by allowing their building to be used by four churches. How cool is that of the Nazarene church, including Eagle Rock across the street and my friend's church, Maranatha? Beautiful, beautiful stuff. And to see Pastor from, from Violet Baptist and, and just to see this unity around Jesus. Which Jesus are you living for? I am the vine. You are the branches. You, if you remain in me, He's going to do everything He can, including pruning us, ouch, to help us grow 
And yet, if we don't remain on the vine, it says, shriveled up and done. And so this isn't something that we're supposed to walk in and out of. It's supposed to be something that's, that's all the time. There's a gazillion Barbies. Jesus is only one Jesus. He's all seven of these all the time. What can we do about it? Real quick. He's the bread. Eat His Word. The percentage of Christians that only hear the Scriptures read on Sunday morning is ridiculous. It's not only shameful, it's destructive to you, to our church, and a larger church. I don't say that to be mean to you. I say it for the same reason that Jesus would say it. Put the food in you. Eat something. That's what every mother says, you know, eat something. You're not going to finish that? I got two more plates after that one. God wants you to eat His Word. He's the bread of life. He's the light. Leave it on. Every dad is running behind his kids turning off light switches. You don't pay that bill. Don't you dare touch that thermostat. God is saying, leave the light on. Leave it on. I am the door. You have access to Father God, the Creator of all, King of kings, Lord of lords. We have access to heaven. Once a year? Only after we put our tithe in the offering? No? Only after we... All the time, we have access to God. Right? He's our shepherd. What is an area in your life that you are not trusting in Him today? Trust Him. He is the only one that loves you enough to give His life instead of yours. Trust Him. We spent the whole last series on this. He's the the resurrection and the life. Walk in the freedom He paid for. Walk in grace. Walk in freedom with God and, and with the people around you. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Follow Him. He's leading you to life. He says the path leads to life. In other words, more life will enter you as you follow Him and obey Him. Is He talking? Is He leading? You bet He is. Before He left, He said, I'm going to send you another. The Holy Spirit It translates into one who, it says one who walks closer than a brother, and it, and it says the one who walks close beside you. Wow. He's divine. Friends, we don't just meet on Sundays for the heck of it. Um, This is one way you stay connected. We've got a home group running now. There's going to be two more kicking in here soon. Stay connected with people. Stay connected with the vine. Stay connected with God, His work. We'll have service opportunities. We'll have fellowship opportunities. The guys will be doing something else. The women, you guys have an event that's going to be epic coming up in May called Flourish. We've got a lady speaking. She's a co-pastor of a church, a vineyard church that was planted by um, 
uh, Dave Diani's church over here. Very sad. They're, uh, her and her husband are in her 40s. He just passed away right before Christmas. Um, and uh, God's, he, she's still pastoring, and, and she's got a word that she wants to give to the ladies of this church. So not only will you be fed more of that bread of life, but you're going to lock in further the vine by connecting more with the ladies in this place. Don't miss these opportunities if you can. Which Jesus today? Just one? Part of the time? All of them, all the time. Can we pray this morning? With our heads bowed today, as we're closing, I just love this time of year. I love the cross. I love that it's empty. I love the empty tomb. But I don't want to just be in love with Easter Jesus. I don't want to just be in love with Christmas Jesus. I don't want to just be needing of my healer Jesus. I want to be in relationship with all of Him all the time. If you've never trusted Jesus with your heart and you feel ready to cross that line of faith today, you're ready to say yes to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're going to ask Him to forgive you of your sins, which He is ready to do, and you're going to ask Him to lead you and we just said He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. His path leads to life. If you're ready to say yes to Jesus this morning, would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you this morning. I see that hand. God bless you. Simple prayer goes like this. Lord, I'm here. And it's not an accident. I thank You for loving me. I ask you to forgive my sins. I thank you for forgiving my sins. He's already done it. God, I thank you for loving me and accepting me as one of your kids. I'm now a son. I'm now a daughter. God, would you lead me? Jesus, I choose to follow you today, now and forever. I choose all of you, all the time. Amen. The Bible says you become a new creation in that moment. It said the old has passed away and all things become new. It's a big deal. If hearing this message this morning, you see yourself maybe standing in front of a Jesus vending machine, just kind of picking and choosing the Jesus that you want. And you see that there's more. And you're ready for more. If that's you today, I want you to raise your hand this morning. All around the room, I want to see those hands. I see those hands. All of Jesus, all the time. Hallelujah. Father God, we lift these hands up to you, God. Forgive us. Forgive us for forgetting who you are all of the time. God, we thank you that you're the bread of life. We thank you that you're the vine. God, we thank you that you're the resurrection. God, we thank you that you're the gateway to the access of heaven, God, that we can have all of heaven all of time. God, I thank you for what you've provided for us today.
God, would you help us to walk closer to you? Lead us into life. We thank you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. If you made a decision this morning, we want you to follow up by either filling out that card. We have a next step station back there if you'd rather do it digitally. We're going to have prayer teams up front here this morning. We want to pray with you. We want to follow up with you. It's so important that you are part of a community and how you live out your relationship with the Lord. It makes you so much stronger, so much more effective. Can we pray? Can we stand and sing this morning as we close?